0: Talk Radio. Welcome to Awakenings with Michelle Mache, the weekly dose of spiritual and metaphysical insights and information for navigating the soul path. Listeners are invited to call into the show for a reading or with questions and comments. Call 347-539-5122 and press 1 on the keypad. Also, join the Sacred Space of Empowerment live chat. To create a username, register with Blog Talk Radio. It's great to connect with all of you here.
1: Hello, lovies. How's everyone doing? Welcome to this wonderful Wednesday. Always great to be with all of you here. Um, if you're new to the program, I'm your host, Michelle Mache, pilot, co-pilot a uh, guide, and um, just fellow traveler on the path. How's that? <laughs> and if you're returning, welcome. Um, it's great to always have everyone here and to reconnect with everyone. You hear me moving around? I just let Yoshi in. Um, that's my little doggie. Some of you may have seen her on Facebook, Instagram, and on my YouTube videos, Yoshi in the background. Yeah. So oh, anyway, uh, yes, refresh for sound. Tamara, thank you in the chat. Hello, everyone in the Sacred Space of Empowerment Room, also known as the chat room. You may need to refresh for sound or um, sometimes you have to reboot. If you're tuning in for the first time and you'd like to be in the chat, you can listen um, in as a guest. If you'd like to interact in the chat or ask questions from the chat, you just need to register with Blog Talk Radio. Just set up a little um, a little uh, account, uh, just email, and uh, you'll get a name to use in the chat, or your own name, however you want to do it, get a little avatar. So that's the way to do it. Or you can listen by phone, which is 347-539-5122. That's 347-539-5122. And if you have a question or a comment or you'd like a reading, press 1 on your keypad, and that gives me an alert um, that you'd like to be on air, if you have a question or you want a reading. Okay, so some of you are putting your listening by phone. Very cool. Okay. Got a great guest today, Tatiana uh, Porero porta uh, author of Yoga for the Wounded Heart. And we're going to be having an awakening dialogue. Dumping into a great conversation with her at uh, 12.45 for the second half of the program. 12.45, 12.50, depending on how many callers that we have. I also have a couple of really appreciation thank yous for the um, appreciation comments and feedbacks, your great reviews on iTunes. Thank you so, so, so much. Those of you that have taken the time to do that, it really warms my heart. It helps people find us, right, blooms us up in the Google and the uh, Apple's iTunes search engine. So I really want to thank you for that. And then, to use for the promo we're doing the intro and outro i think i'm going to this friday i'm going to be working with the um director creator and editor um but we've got some, oh my gosh we've got some great great sound bites and oh got to give props out to my friend uh danielle white do the danielle Oh, meditation teacher, she's been tuning in to do, learning how to do readings, really opening, uh, amazing DJ as well, very creative video and audio editor, and I got to tell you, that so far the rough cut that she did of the intro, um, I want to give a shout out, I think Queen sent in something, Walter, Evie, Evelyn, who, who else, there's a couple other, and Emily, couple other people, if I'm forgetting anybody, I'm sorry, I'm going to re-listen. But I got to tell you, I listened to the rough cut and I just started crying. I just, same thing when she did my, um, the cut for my uh, demo reel, my video and TV demo reel. She did a cut of, of awakenings and me talking to people and answering questions and just, you know, what we do here. Ah, she just captured the heart, the heart and soul of awakenings. And you could just feel this energy just being transmitted, just being communicated, and it, it really just touched me so much. And all your light, you know, you could really hear those of you that submitted your own recording. And some of them she's just taking a sentence or two. I think some of them I'm actually going to even put on the website It's just so beautiful. I really, you know, I really should play it at some point. Well, you'll hear it when it's done. But I want to remind everyone, I had to remind myself, just how beautiful and amazing you are and that all the inner work, all your good intentions, all your heart opening, all your heartbreak to heart opening is so felt within the universe. I've been so getting that. I had a conversation this morning with a dear friend, and I'm like, wow, this is no joke, this stuff that, you know, collectively that we're going through and how it's affecting us individually. And the whole idea of a destiny and fate and having a twin soul or somebody that you've come here to do great work with and maybe that person is stuck, you know, or the, and you're having to move forward in your life, yet on some level you're, wait, you, you're waiting, you have this openness because of this contract. And I'm like, God, this is no joke. You know, we do come here with, Many of us a destiny, a path, a purpose we all, everyone has a purpose, and so when you awaken to that, you know and then you start attracting what I call the magical helpers, you start living more synchronistically, you're drawing more people in situations that are more aware of their own definitely living aware of their soul and more aware of their spiritual essence and life as spirit as consciousness made manifest and so you get into that magic that mystery of the of the subtle energy of the akashic of the etheric and that's blended with this 3d 4d mon- mundane world but we really are up leveling in how we relate how we connect with people and what we do in the world how, how we give back and a lot of it has to do with doing your own inner work doing your own healing work and joining together then with others that's what affects the consciousness you know, of the world, earth, the universe, universe is. It's that inner work and that really being heart open, as many of us are being guided to live more 5D. And it's not easy, because even for me as a psychic meeting and a channel, things that I've channeled for years, now living through it, I'm like, like one of my teachers, Raylene, used to always say, Michelle, it lives differently than it thinks. So we think certain things. We, ha- we think these concepts, or maybe in session we get a peek of it, you know, or we go to a workshop or retreat. But then when you start living from that, when you realize the prefab you, even though it's amazing, is having less input, less control, the ego falling by the way, structures falling by the way, that there is this zeitgeist, literally, there is this zeitgeist, there is this collective energy that is moving it's an evolution right it's the collective teresa yeah the collective consciousness yes well in many ways it's a collective unconscious because a lot of people don't know of it yet they don't know of the interconnecting or they don't know how we're all affected by not only the the energy we put out but what our other people are putting out and what is the underlying energy in the collective the collective soul from the Ascended Masters, the, the spiritual hierarchy, the Oversouls, that aspect, the cos the cosmos. I did do a, um, up, upload, a new upload. I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of uploading uh, sign-specific readings for everyone on YouTube. And believe me, there's a lot of great information that came through. I mean, this is no joke. I can see why spirit – because I never thought I'd be – why would I even need to do YouTube videos? Although I'm having a blast with it, though. Um, but I did recently, last night, I did upload a video with a, a, an overview of what's happening with everybody uh, from the standpoint of the esoteric and etheric, what's happening on the Akashic, and how we're getting this updating and up leveling in our relationships and what we're drawn to. And it is that next level of awakening which i'm galactic awakening and it's so interesting how i spoke of this galactic awakening a few weeks ago this is one of the things i feel like with this podcast and also me being part of the community even though i'm not interacting as much uh the readers on youtube we're getting a lot of the same information now i'd asked my guys a month ago and you guys heard me talk about this it's been probably a month maybe more like, this awakening is different. What the heck is going on? This is beyond spirit or the idea of spiritual. This is really living, you know, heartbreak to be heart open. This is really living, inter- it, it's a, it different. I couldn't quite describe it. And we had some guests on. I want to see you that they've talked about Maitreya. Tamara, you usually remember who the guest names. I remember the content, but the names, boop kind of go out of my head. But anyway, because I asked them and then she, she said, well, living as soul beings, which was kind of what I was getting. That is the, the galactic, how we interface with the whole cosmos. So recognizing we are that planet, we are that sun, we are that moon, there is a macro and my, micro aspect to us. And we're connecting more to the macro so after I had received that information from my guys and channel, I'm like, okay, it's called Galactic. I can see it. It's about the cosmos. Then I, channel I, I can't remember the name either. It's a man and a woman. They were from England. Uh, in fact, they, their father studied with the group that I, um, the spiritual hierarchy that I work with in channel. So that was a synchronicity there. And those are, these people, um, when I lived in England, these are the old-time esoteric. These are the real-deal people, the real-deal esotericists, spiritualists. And I studied at White Eagle Lodge, uh, Lucis Trust. I, I studied with them with the spiritual hierarchy. Doing, I mean, these people, I, I got stories. I mean, healing, channeling healing light energy as a group, having, you know, spirits just appear I remember one time coming on, um, I was taking this little bus, I took the tube to get to the, and I was having all kinds of transcendent experiences, and I had a few times where, how do I say this, the, the non-solidity of the world happened to me. I was hold, holding the, um, the pole, you know, on the subway, and it was just dematerializing. So I've had that happen a few times when I was channeling and thank God, you know, so anyway, that's how expanded I was living at one point. And and I got to tell you, it's a lot to do with those teachings and doctrines and principles and these very advanced beings in human physical form that I was blessed to study with. And I mean blessed because a lot of these people, I wasn't that long. I was three years there. A lot of these people, these groups they just don't let anybody in you know you have to study or train with them for many years before you're invited to do the more advanced esoteric work or be a part of the healing circle and it was amazing and i wish you know it's a different time frame so there wasn't the social media now i'd be taking more no note. i've notes somewhere but i have names but i remember one teacher and healer and we would do um distance healing and you could see it. The, the group was so strong that when we were channeling like a green ray of light going to a person, you would literally see that light you, and you would feel the heat from the light in the circle. And that was the first place that I smelled this scent, the amazing fragrance of angels, of the guardian angels and spirit. And I didn't know what the heck was going on. My eyes were closed and I was like crinkling my nose up and I was like, what the heck is that scent? It's the most beautiful, but it's otherworldly. And they have these monitors that walk around to help in the healing and that help hold the frequency high enough, right? Then they're, they're a part of the group, but they don't sit in the, the circle. They can the monitor. And all of a sudden, I look up and this woman is smiling at me. I'll never forget. She must have been about 80, 80 something. Lovely grandma energy. And she says, Oh, you smell the angels. And I was like, Holy, holy shit, yeah. I'm not losing my mind. I said, yes, they have a very distinctive fragrance. And I could tell you were trying to figure out what the heck is going on, what am I smelling? And so I had to come over and tell you. And I was like, Oh my God, this woman just she looked like she would just be baking the best cookies and have homemade cocoa and this and and very dialed in. Um oh here it was where she talked about the emergence of Maitreya and the hierarchy with Felicity Elliott and Julian Cream and that was a few weeks ago, four weeks ago. So I just looked at. So I feel like that's what um we're meant to do right now is and my guys kept saying, you know, the social media, the the and this was back in the nineties when I was channeling this, that the internet, the internet, and they were showing a lot of visuals of um satellites that we're all these satellites there's mainframe like satellites if you ever see like diagrams of satellites like for your whatever phone or direct tv or whatever you have what kind of you know cable or whatever there's big a big satellite so you could say that source or that's our soul pod or the spiritual hierarchy it's the the aspect of it that is still in group right And those are bigger satellites beaming us, but we're beaming. So we're like these little satellite stations, mini stations, like you have in Alaska or whatever. And people are getting more aware of that, that we're beaming this frequency. You know, we're beaming our own individual frequency, but there's an aspect of our individual frequency that corresponds to the collective and what's needed in the, in the mainstream consciousness and the consciousness of earth. So there's this beaming, you know, back and forth, this, and we're becoming more aware of this. And what better medium to do this is through the Internet or Ethernet. It's faster than books. That's why podcasts. That's why the YouTube videos. And when as I'm watching these videos, I'm, I'm getting these confirmations. I'm like, many of us are saying the same thing. So we're from the same soul wave, you know, maybe same soul tribe as well or soul group, but definitely from the same soul wave. And I want to say to everyone, it is the call it to, I mean, we're being, some of it's a call, some of it's a little tickle, some of it's a nudge, some of it's a push, but we're being called to live more from this template because not only for us, but generations after, we're changing the game, the, the soul playground. We're changing the games that are played on the soul playground. We're cha- the trajectory is different. And, you know, a friend of mine was talking about, I call Mr. T, we all know, Donald Trump and others of a similar frequency then why do these good bad people get away with things and it's not necessarily they get away i mean it's just a different it's just a different game you know it's like why does one person get helped before the other at the at the at the market at the store then one's in you know in line everything that is on the planet is needed and necessary is a certain vibrational frequency there is enough resonance there is enough of a vibrational match to keep it here until there is no more, until that there's not enough. And so things like, things, you know, that really the inner peace, the coherence, living more by our, you know, soul fueled by our passion for healing, all those things are affecting what we call normal and what we decide to experience, right, and what's needed or necessary, but it comes from the individual. The individual comprises the group, just like the individual comprises a corporation. You know, it's you don't have a group without individuals, and so individually, the awakening that's happening is that level of that, the up-leveling, And not only recognizing and understanding this other aspect of us, but bringing that more and more into our everyday living and to create from that, to live from that space. And many of you have been giving me emails. Some of you work with me in the teleworkshop, which, by the way, I have another one coming up in a couple weeks. So if you're interested in, um, it's going to be on channeling and opening your spirit guides. A complimentary of Walter reminding me that I promised to do, and I am going to do a whole series on tarot and the archetypes, um, connecting to the archetypal energy as well. Because we not only have to be able to tap into this energy more, but live by it more. And it is about living more in the meditative state, but being active in the world with that. It's not about escaping you know, you can go into the Himalayas or the cave or you can do the silent retreats and this and that, but more importantly, what my guides have been saying since 1995 is that you understand how to tap into this frequency minute by minute, hour by hour, or day by day, that you're tapping more into this, that you understand, oh, my vibration is low or I'm judging myself or someone else, or I'm feeling hurt or jealousy or I'm feeling sadness instead of berating yourself, going, okay, humanness, human emotion, let me clear it, let me look at it, where's it coming from, that we start using these tools. That's why my website, soulplayground.life, I have all these soul path tools so that it becomes second nature so we don't play out the separation game, the blame game anymore, you know, or as much as possible. You know, again, you know, the Native Americans, the, the, the doctrine that the, the goes through that seven generations, and all indigenous cultures say this. It's not just about us. It's about who and what comes after us. What are we leaving behind? And that in itself gives great um, purpose. And that's not about perfection. You know, I get this because I work, you know, a lot of times with parents, and certain things will come up, and I'll say, look, I see what works and doesn't work, okay? It's, it's better to not be in a health, you know, to, to be out of a non-healthy relationship than stay just for the children because we're modeling. We're modeling to each other and we model to our children what is acceptable or what is love. So better to heal that or move on and create something more cohesively and or make sure that those children know this is not about you or your fault. And help them cope with it. So the days of pushing things under the carpet or just, oh, they're too young, they won't remember, they don't know, or it'll be fine, you know, are really really ending. You know, it's a whole new level of awareness or consciousness. Anyway, someone was asking me yesterday also about the president, and I said, look, right now, in a way, the worst of the worst is being highlighted, but it's a small part. It's 18 to 22%, maybe 25% of the population or of the cells within our system. Remember years ago, we had Dr. Bruce Lipton on the show, and he was talking about how we're creator cells in the world, in the universe, each and every one of us, and we have these creator cells within us. It's the same, again, the micro and the macro, and within these cells, there are cells that can turn into certain ailments or disease or cancer, or they could be cells that turn into intuition or up It just depends what we nurture, what we feed, right? That's that body-mind link that's there. I just saw him on something the other day uh, where, you know, he was really talking about how, you know, we our DNA, like our brain, is, is, is moldable. What we put in, what we decide. And so that does put us more in that magic and the mystery, and we have to look at things that are, questionable or that we don't quite understand, but we're we're a part of. And we may not know why something works, why there's a connection, why we feel an interconnection to something or someone, why we are receiving a certain message. Down the road or in research or science or reflection, we'll get it. But in the moment, it's the intuitive. It's coming through from the intuitive and it's coming through being a receptive, being open. So a lot of the deeper shadow, we're doing a lot of shadow work, and especially these eclipses that we had in the last two years brought up the shadow, especially last year, when we had, you know Venus and Scorpio looking at the depths, you know, with Neptune and Pisces, delusion illusion, but it's also about higher frequency of love and spirituality. And we have some aspects this year some trines and sextiles with specifically the earth signs and water about being more esoteric, more psychic, more spiritual, but grounding it to the earth, like with that when Uranus goes back into Taurus. So there's just some interesting, you know, if we're looking at it from the macro astrological, we're looking at it from a system of, of reference, even numerology, we can see that there is something transcendent going on in the collective that we're a part of, awakening to, and recognizing we're a part of it. Kind of hearing a call, you know, hearing this certain drum beat. It reminds me sometimes when I go for a walk in my area every Sunday, some Saturdays, but for sure every Sunday, there's drummers on the beach drumming. And so I could be walking or walking Yosh or riding my bike, and it's, is there this call? You hear the drum beat. Sometimes they're singers, but you hear this drum. Do you go and are you hearing that drum beat? So what comes up with someone like a Trump is the worst of the worst. You know, it's the narcissism, it's the border, it's the personality disorder of wounding. It's the ugly. Where all of us may have a little bit of it, some have more, and some have a lot. But it can't be cleared or purged until we're aware. You have to be aware of it. So it has to come up through individuals. And I was explaining to this person, I said, it's iconic individuals like a Madonna, a, you know, a Lady Gaga, you know, a Frida Kahlo, um, a Mother Teresa, a Picasso, you know, there, there's these, uh, a Banksy, you know, there, there are these iconic, the Kardashians, what does that reflect? This is why I like pop culture. So spirit will infuse in certain people or a group of people a certain a lot of something so we really see it or we really clear it. You know, we're coming out of that glamour, the glamour realm of illusion, of the icon, you know, of the sports star, of the movie star, the Hollywood star, the glamour, the, the you know, the over over airbrushing or whatever it is, photoshopping pictures to look a certain way and to change. all that's good. Do a little plastic surgery. what I have no judgment on that. Do your boat, do a little bit, but what happened, it goes to the realm of a prefab or made up individual. And that's the height. We're getting to the height of in the Piscean era, you're above and I'm below. It's the shadow of that. It's the, it's the shadow of the soul, not understanding, you know, it's the, the selfie, the little self, which selfies are great. I think it's great. You know, I love it. I love taking pictures. I love showing what I'm doing. I think, but it's, it's eventually to get to the consciousness of this is reflecting my individuality, not just how cool I'm part of the pack. So we are in that realm. Alice Bailey talks about this, the spiritual hierarchy mapped out these levels that we're going through. And when we're in the glamour realm, this is when we get tripped up because we assign our truth to something or someone outside of us. We're no longer checking in with ourselves or getting confirmation. We're, you know, we're listening to things blindly. We're believing what someone says and not how we feel about them or what their actions are showing. You know, I always say anybody that has a gold toilet doesn't have, you know, if you looked at like the video of Trump's, you know, uh in and his record of what and again i'm not judging him or blaming but it's just what is what is it's a good example or like we had emil Marcos so other people you know that abuse power because they feel disempowered they've people the only people that bully they've been bullied they feel less than they're not stepping into their power or empowerment but if people would have done research you know like oh this is how this person is in their business this is how they you know, gypped people out of money. They they did this, they did, you know, you'd see this person isn't what they say they are. So one of the things we're all asked is to do that for ourselves individually. What are we, how are we not living in our truth or in our alignment? But not out of trying to be perfect, but just to be real, to admit it first and foremost to ourselves and to each other. You know, something I'm working on the other day and a friend of mine said, oh, you have fear. You haven't done it yet. You're, you've got fear. And I felt so exposed. <laughs> and I went, oh, you're right. I did. I do. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. But you're right. I, I think the fear of doing this has held me back. Just doing those kinds of little honest things with yourself and each other, with those you feel comfortable with, start there changes the trajectory of things it brings a kind of transcendent truth because it's a form of love when we're truthful with ourselves about things like that it is love and that's what we're all being guided to is a higher vibrational frequency of love a more inclusive frequency and expression and experience of love it's the higher octave of neptune inspiration idealism but again, every, every sign, every level, every expression, every archetype has its shadow, has the part that we may misuse or misunderstand, and part of the journey is to move past that. And however, we're to move past it more with love and compassion, with that self-forgiveness, that we're not going to know everything or can't do everything, and that there is this the shadow. You know, sometimes the shadow holds amazing potential. It it holds our gifts, right? It holds what propels us forward as well as holds us back. It holds what we're ignorant of and stops us. It might be kind of ugly, but it also holds the beautiful, right? Uh, Teresa's putting in the chat, our body responds to our mind and spirit. Yes, it's a combo. You You are inheriting in the consciousness of the physical body and biochemically, the brain and the mind, not only your consciousness but the co- a collective, whether it 's familial, generational, ancestral, or what where you 're incarnating in what time period that 's going to affect your individual consciousness or your vibrational frequency, your signature frequency, your soul frequency what i 've been hearing from the guides is that one of the reasons we 're extending more expanding more. Is because all of us are able to connect in or stay more resonant or hold our vibrational frequency more, our soul frequency. So although we influence each other vibrationally, you know, whoever you're hanging out with, you know, whatever actions you do or pastimes you have, but there is more now of a holding of one's individual frequency instead of, in a way, trying to be something else or someone else. So it is, um, I dive into this a little a bit on my YouTube reading that I did, the, the last upload that I did, um, and I talked about the galactic awakening and what's, what does it mean for our relationships. And it is a great time. I can honestly say, you know, I haven't been around that long, but, you know, I've been around the block a couple times, running and walking and hiking and... <laughs> that I've never gone through this. And people that are much older than me, and that they're saying there is a difference in this awakening, this level of what's being required to us. Yes, the earth is changing. How we're living is changing. So it's the template, you know, the blueprint map we're creating, it's in within us. It's a lot of where we're going and what we're going to do and how we respond is not going to be based on what we did in the past What was cool, what was cachet, way to success is not necessarily going to work because it's requiring us to connect in, you know. And as that um, Elliot, Julian Cream, and um, Elliot said to, Felicity Elliot said, spawned and live more soul beings. It's less and less out of wounding. Now, it's going to be a fever pitch. A lot of wounding is going to be coming up. Yes. Within ourselves, within the collective, we're going to be seeing it. It's going to be very overt to heal and handle. But there are enough of us that are not living from the wounding as much, very little, very, 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 very little. Okay. Tamara, what'd she put? Practice perpetual presence as much as possible. Yes. It's connecting to the presence. It's real. The innate intelligence of the universe or universes. There's a mediating intelligence. We have to get in the right zone to mediate the 3D world, 3, 4D world, if we're looking at the, from a standpoint of physics. We, we have to mediate. We have to align to that, and then we connect into that innate intelligence. We're that one, one with everything and everyone, where we're understanding, camera saying you can feel when people are doing that they're in the zone yes you can feel it more I did a post on Instagram I shared about this my connecting with this wonderful woman in you know at the Soho house um, little beach house in Malibu and it was and she I was guided there she was guided there was this magical moment and there's more of those and she's the one that's shared with you know we were talking about synchronicity And I said, yeah, they're getting more and more normal. And she said, yeah, they're normal if you're paying attention. So it's this great pay attention. Pay attention. It's not going to come. It might come from my words or somebody's words in the chat or somebody you hear. It can come from a YouTube channel or video, something someone says. But it's going to come not by someone trying to tell you, it's going to be an oops. It's going to be a phrase. It's going to be a word. It's going to be something you got in a dream or just a knowing, a flash, flash of insight, a word, a phrase. You know, that woman that connected with me at Soho House, she said, I heard this. My friend left, and I heard, go downstairs, go downstairs. And she said, I went downstairs, and I looked around. And I said, nope, why am I here? I should go home. I'm looking around. Nope, nope. And then she said, then I looked way in the back, and there you were sitting. You had this big crystal on your necklace. And I said, that's where I need to be. So that's what I'm talking about. It's more and more of that and recognizing that that way of living and being has validity and how can we weave it in, not just on special occasions, but we're being required and shown how to live like that more and more. You know, yeah, she wants to buy some of my high vibes bracelets that I make that I made for the High Vibers workshop. <laughs> she saw them and I'm like, okay, you know, so it was interesting because um, I want to get those out there to more people. So being guided, and we don't always know where it's going, but but again, and I get it. I'd like to know. I'm kind of mad right now. There's some things that are happening that are very slow for me. And also I don't know. I've been given some pieces, some glimpses, and I can't see yet for my. People, my friends, clients that I'm tuning in for, my accuracy is like, you know, 100%, and the timing is right. And I'm like, okay, okay, what about me? <laughs> you know? But I'm, I guess part of the path. There's a lot to do with trust and faith, next level, next level of faith and trust. And to then be able to write about what I'm going through, and on the other end, the confirmations that will be there camera uh, and keep asking. You will be shown. Yeah, I've been show, I've been given crumbs, just crumbs. I want a whole cake. I want a slice of cake. I want a slice of knowing. All right, everyone. Uh, on that note, if you'd like to call in, that number is 347-539-5122. I'm going to be uh, tuning in. Let's just see who we have on online. Let's get to our first caller here. Hello, you're live on Awakenings with Michelle Mache. Welcome to the program. Hello. 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 You're on air. Hello. Hi. And who is is this? Um, Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer, welcome. Jennifer? I did a review
2: with you in October.
0: Oh, Hello. Hello. Yeah, I'm here.
2: (laughs) So um, I know we talked about, like, um, possible... Job opportunities for me because I'm in school. And um, right now I'm on an interview. And I know you talked about possibly like Arkansas, but that's where I'm at now. So I don't know. Oh, so you did move there? Not yet. (laughs) Oh, but this is the job. um, I'm on the interview process now. So I'm actually in Arkansas. Yeah. So. I didn't know whether or not is this the right place, or should I still be looking in Arkansas? Or,
3: mm,
1: That's interesting. Now, but did you go there and look? Are you there now? Because I feel it's around yes, I'm you here strongly. I'm here now. Oh, no wonder. Okay, because I'm like, okay, I feel you're there already, or you're very strongly there. There's a connection. Um. Now, how far is that also from Atlanta? Because I feel you're going to move around a little bit. I don't know if that's family or friends or traveling. I see you in a car a lot. Um, I think I probably, I can see myself because my
2: family lives in Memphis, so I probably will be traveling a lot
1: back and forth. Oh, maybe that's um, what it is. Okay, because I see road trip. Yeah. That's why I hear road, and I see you back and forth, yeah, back and, and forth. And I think and, oh, I got to get up.
3: <laughs>
1: okay, well, a lot of road, and then I can hear, oh, I've got class. So i got to get back, but I'll come back. Yeah, so it looks like that's a good base for you, I feel. Um, okay. I don't feel okay. you want to – yeah, I feel like you want to be close to your family, but some separation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's staying in Arkansas. Yeah, and I feel work around you also.
2: Yes. Yes. That's, um Right what I'm looking yeah the company that I they brought me here to do the interview is actually tomorrow so um yeah that's why
1: yeah well, I feel I do so, feel um yeah I feel work around you and I do feel school so you're on the right path right track definitely okay definitely so the company yeah.
2: would be good for me to work with? maybe a good company
1: to work for yeah, I feel you're stabilizing. It seems like in February, so the jobs should be coming pretty quickly. By the way, okay, yeah, it's all kind of coming together. March, April, May, boom, coming together. But you should be yeah, receiving some like. confirm. Is that okay? You should be receiving some confirmation, some phone call about the the jobs. Shows job offer. All right, Jennifer. Well, good to connect. Reconnect. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Hi, you're on air. Hello. You're live. Hello. Yep, you're on air. Hi. Hi. You're hi, Michelle. It's Christine. I've called
3: in a couple times. Before oh, Christine, hi. And welcome. You. Old home week. Hi, good how how are good are now, Christine. Good. Um, okay, so I'll, A lot has been happening, and I'm just looking for a little bit of guidance. So I was accepted to a yoga teacher training um, in February that I would be going to Ecuador for a month. And it's really exciting, but I'm just like, my job is not – I basically work from home, and I see that I can make both work, but basically they were like, if you go to the training, um, you will not have a job when you get back.
1: Yeah, come back.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just trying to What's figure What's your birthday? What's the day of it.
1: your birthday? Because I, I, I feel like you're in a fork in the road with a lot of I things am. right my now. My birthday is
3: actually, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. My birthday is yeah. actually next week. It's
1: February 6th. That's why. February 6th? Okay, because.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, six,
3: yeah.
1: six. Okay.
3: Aquarius. Let's see. Aquarium. Um Yeah, Aquarium.
1: Yeah, you are definitely, you're going to have to choose, and it's kind of like choosing your lifestyle right now. How do you decide to live and taking some risks or chances? I feel whatever you do, everything will be brought back to you that you need. Yeah, you're going into okay. 4711. To, yeah, you're going into like kind of hopes, dreams, wishes. It's a lot to do with big changes, highlighting also relationships, um, but I feel like, here, fork in the road. So, yeah, if you go on this trip or you go, it's it's going to change not only where you work, but how you work.
3: Okay. Right? Yeah. Right. And so,
1: because
3: so, if I, yeah. the thing is with the job is if I don't have, I'm like worried financially that I shouldn't go if I don't have this job. But I'm like, should I just trust that it'll all work out? Cause like also the job that I have, I'm not trying to do this for the rest of my life, so I don't want to go because of this one job. You know? Right. So I just feel like, but then I'm also like, since it's yoga, like that's something that I can do forever, and then I, because I do want to hold space and teach people to do it. But ultimately, mm-hmm. my career, I want well, I want it to be in production. So I don't want me going to this training to deter that either. So, it's just
1: like but see that's the fork but that's the fork in the road. What do you really want, and that's what a lot of us are getting right now is what do we really want, whether it's in a relationship or lifestyle? It's bigger like it's like the trajectory of things that you have potentially to put in motion are a lot bigger. there's a lot more juice, so to speak, than what we had before. So your your mission is what's what do you really want to do? What's the direction of you, that you want? What kind of lifestyle do you want? And follow that. Yeah. There's a lot of little things that come up. I have friends that are travel or do things and I'm like, oh, I'm building this or I'm redoing this or a couple of years ago a friend wanted me to go to Burning Man and I, I was like, no, I don't feel it. And I ended up like shooting like two or three television pilots at the time. And I did, and then I did this mm-hmm. online, uh, I got interviewed on something. So, you know, you just at some point have to say, what is it for me? And no one can answer that but you, right? And it has to do with yeah. going, following your heart. So if you're feeling an opening in the chest area, if you're feeling more of a heart opening and you're feeling more life force energy, then it's a better decision for you. If you're feeling a collapsing right. of the energy or more Fear, then it's there's a different kind of fear. There's yeah. a fear that's a, like a dread. <laughs> like sometimes yeah, you know when I do on camera, I can feel fear, fear, but I want to do it. So there's a difference between there's a different type of fear when you're just learning something totally. or starting something new, right?
3: Well, because my fear is very yeah. practical. My fear, because I'm okay with walking away from this job. i I've, I've made peace with that. My fear is very practical. My fear is can I pursue this and still do everything I want to do? And can I afford it? That's my only fear because if I if money weren't an option, I would be there, you know? And it feels good to think about me being in Ecuador to do this. Um it's just very uh it's very material.
1: Yeah. Well,
3: I've had that too,
1: but see, the higher self is never going to have you do something that jeopardizes. I mean, even when I left my my TV show and modeling, I left everything to go study and retrain, I had a safety net. So there always is, even if it's a rickety safety net, there's always something there. <laughs> I can't answer yeah. because I feel like it has to do with your intuition. I feel like you're not sure about what it is you really want to do. I, I don't know that it's the production. Otherwise, you wouldn't go on the trip. If you really wanted to be in production, that's what you would say and do. Well, I don't
3: ha- well, the job that I'm leaving is not production.
1: Oh, okay. Well, then,
3: yeah, yeah there's yeah. your answer there. The then. job I'm leaving yeah. is, 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 is a sales job. Ah, okay. That, that, that well, I, can that, get I that to support myself. That I, that right. I that was just like an in-between job to support myself. Well, I, here's what I can tell you. I enjoy whatever,
1: okay, whatever change you're doing is going to be changing the trajectory of your life it's at a major crossroads. So if you leave, you're probably going to have to get a different job and then start putting the energy towards maybe doing yoga on the side while you're getting production mm-hmm. jobs. Because you're the cycle that you're moving into, um is Christine, is a lot about it's big changes. It's what everybody went through last year collectively. Now you have your own individual. So so yeah, so the material so go towards what you're feeling is the more energy, the most life enhancing, the more exciting. But just know you're gonna I feel if you get back, you'll be fine. You might have to build back up. You know,
3: you're, yeah,
1: you know, you may be you may be juggling, but I feel like why this is happening to you, it's to push you to go in that new direction. Yeah, what they call I it, and and it so you don't, so you don't at the crossroads. Yeah, okay. well there and you and go. And I have
3: to decide like today, and yeah, it's a lot there of like personal development and growth while I'm there, and that's important to me um it's just i'm just
1: worried about the material but yeah you're right well don't worry Uh, about the have a have a concern for but anytime we're doing big changes there's usually a drop Mm -hmm. in the material and the emotional you know and then it and then it comes back up it evens out but you're being pushed to kind of follow your inner guidance yeah keep us posted for sure let us know how you're doing I will. Post on Thank in, you. In Instagram and Facebook. Let us know how you're doing. Okay. Bye. I will for sure. Bye bye. Big changes right now with so many, so many, so many. Hello and welcome. You're on Awakenings with Michelle Machet. Welcome hey, to the Michelle. program. Hey, Michelle. It's Julia. How are you? Hey, Julia. I'm doing great.
3: How are you? <laughs> Well, I'm kind of sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So should, that, do you have a question? Yes. Um, I was going to
2: see uh, about employment opportunities. Um, I need to get myself out there.
1: I, I got some assistance with getting my resume together, and so now mm-hmm. I need
4: to
3: to take the step.
1: And what's stopping you from taking the step?
3: Indecision, fear, like everything. See, some stuff. I gotta be
1: honest with everybody. Some stuff isn't psychic. Some stuff is. You gotta do inner work. You gotta counseling. You gotta do coaching. Some stuff, because I can tell you, I can see things coming for people. But if you're not ready, or something's blocking you, you know, myself included, I get help. So I feel like your stuff is not psychic. Like, how can I get more out there? I feel you have some things to work on to overcome the fear, to be more comfortable with yourself, believe in yourself, and follow through, okay? So I feel like that's more, so when you address that, whatever is going on with you, then I feel then that is going to, you'll move forward. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I did have the private session with you, but I guess there's more to do. Well, you you did do a session with me? Well, if you did, well, probably just did a setup session. Yeah, so there's probably, you know, inner work, homework, growth work. You know, I don't remember because, you know, it's in session. But, um, yeah, so that I can't, you know, it's like when I was doing hosting and people were like, I really want to be a host, but they couldn't read the teleprompter. They went in. Did ten weeks of teleprompter, you know what I mean? Or they go to acting class. So that when there, when something is more mental emotional, healing helps, affirmations help, but you have to address whatever the issue is subconsciously that's holding one back. And that's what I feel with you, Julia. It feels it's very much on the mental emotional realm. Whatever's going on, there's a there is a self imposed block. There is what I'm hearing. Okay. Believe me, if there was a magic pill, I would have taken uh, – my friends and I and colleagues, we would have all done it. Or if, <laughs> or if somebody said, straight down the beach for five miles, run nude, I would have done it already. I would have dye your hair platinum blonde and cut it off, and if you do that by one year, you'll have everything you want and you'll be over all your fear. Everybody would do it, but it just it doesn't work that way. Just like, you know, eating healthy or, you know – you somebody wants a different version of body you know they have to go they go to the gym or they work out it doesn't happen immediately you know there's a base that has to be built up that's that's cuz we're on the physical plane that there's a requiring of persistent effort things just don't um yeah they don't they and when they do happen like you know like a wow out of nowhere it's usually because the what precipitated the, the work or inner work that precipitated. All right, sweetie, I hope that helps. I hope that gives some clarity. But that's what I'm seeing. I feel like you're stopping you. That's why I asked you the question what's stopping? I feel like it's, it's, it's something, something going on with you that you're stopping your, this fear of going forward that has to be addressed.
0: Okay, all righty. Well, thank you okay. so much.
4: Bye-bye. Big hug. Bye-bye.
1: Yep, we've all been there. It's the earth plane, mental, emotional. All right, it is that time for our awakening dialogue. And uh, we have with us today Tatiana Forero-Puerta. And she's originally from Bogota, Colombia. She's a graduate of Stanford and New York universities. She's the author of Yoga for the Wounded Heart, A Journey, Philosophy, and Practice of Healing Emotional Pain. Oh, Why do we need that. So good to have her on the program.
4: Hi, Sofiana. Welcome. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, absolutely. Boy, your book is so timely right now because so much... Um, Call called a heartbreak to break, you know, for heart, you know, to break through. There's so much more awareness now of the emotional body and emotional pain and not like in years past, people wanting to avoid that or run, do a spiritual bypass and uh, avoid that area. Um, and you're
3: diving right into it. <laughs>
4: Right, and it's uh, right just like you said two seconds ago. We are on the physical plane, <laughs> and that does require yeah. us to to, to um, you know really learn how to work with what's here.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. With what's here. Oh. oh, I just got chills when you said that because it's so true. One of, I think, and it didn't happen that long ago with all the work that, inner work that I've done. But you know, I think at some point you recognize. Just what you said with what's here, with what you, what what we have individually, wherever it's our family or belief, whatever we've gone through, we do at some point have to, that's what we have to work with, not what somebody two doors down the road has, but what we have right here. Very profound. I think people take drink that in, everyone. I think, Tatiana, I think that's so, pers- yeah, we have to work with what's here, what we have, you know.
4: Mm-hmm. And everybody has something slightly different but the the other sign of the other side of that coin is that while everyone's wounds um are different types of wounds, we all know what the experience of having a wounded heart is for the most part mm-hmm. um, you know I mean we've all experienced suffering, so yeah. it's a matter of you know it's a, just such an interesting um phenomenon because we feel oftentimes so alone in our suffering and yet it's one of the most quintessential not only is it one of the most quintessential aspects of human experience but it's one of the aspects of human experience that really has the potential to wake us up to all, to a plethora of other ways of understanding and experiencing our lives
0: yeah
1: and it seems to bring um Camera's putting that, me too, chills, work with what's here. Yeah, in the chat room, she's... Yeah, it seems to be that um, there is more of a focus and I'm hearing more, you know, not that it wasn't in years past, but there seems to be more of this echo of this compassion for self and forgiveness and taking the time to be with the emotional pain and not push it away. Are you finding that?
4: yeah I am and and it's and it's such an important step because if we continually run away from it, then you know we don't we don't get to the soil that's underneath it or to the roots of what's underneath it, and mm-hmm. so you know it's such an interesting thing to do because I mean at least in my experience, and this is what I write about in my book, and that is part the philosophy of it, but then also part. A memoir. I write about how, when I was in that very dark space, the question that kept coming up for me was, "What do I do with all this pain?" And that's mm. to sort of my personal inability due to not having tools. But I also, the more and more that I've walked this path, the more that I'm convinced that it's really a, a cultural a cultural issue. Yes that we don't, even with with children from a young age, that there's so many technological advances. We see things like depression on the rise, learning disorders on the rise, and we are not giving our kids um, or or our adults tools with which to manage their emotional lives. Um, So that's really a lot of my work now is helping people Mm. become empowered through being through having tools, right? Um, that, that Those tools then give you insight. So it's all about what do we do with this pain? It's not just sitting there. We, it's a lot less scary if we have tools to work with it. So if you think about, for example, um, uh, a captain of a ship, right? A, a novice Hi. sees the waves and becomes afraid. But a master captain, it's like a challenge, like, okay, let's see how I'm mm. going to how I'm going to ride this wave. And so the more capacity we have, the more tools that we have, the the way that the journey feels for us, the quality of it that begins to change because we have more capacity. Right? Mm-hmm. But if we if we don't know like mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that we could we, that we even could work with what was here. I didn't even know where to look. Mm-hmm. Um So that's Well, there's not a lot of people putting it out there. I mean, everybody
1: wants, especially I feel in the spiritual or self-help, self-development community, it's just now, the last few years, people are starting to talk about emotions or emotional wounding or healing or clearing emotionally or, you know, taking care of. It seemed that there was this bypass into the mental plane, beliefs, affirmations, or just work out, you know.
4: Kind of right,
1: and all of that say, is fairly new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I feel like it's as a definitely individually, but as a collectively, it's something that if we're going to up-level or have more meaningful relationships with ourselves and with others, and in general in the workplace, we mm-hmm. do have to start looking at, as you are saying, and understanding these wounds and working with what's there. Um, getting you kind know, of awakening people to this aspect of that. And, you know, I want to get your take on this too, Tatiana, because it's, it seems that one of the reasons a lot of people don't like to look at that because it's looked at as something bad or wrong or less than, like there's a, some kind of deficit or deficiency to have an emotional side.
4: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, I would say that that, we all have it, and whether or not we are aware of it, <laughs> that's a different question. <laughs> um, okay. That's good. And, and, and it's also, I think, a shift, a shift of paradigm, as you very aptly pointed out. You know that there, that there has been a shift, um, but if you look at prior previous generations, where it was about you know grit your teeth and push right through, mm-hmm. um, what we have is an unawareness of. Unawareness and an inability, inability to have compassion for ourselves and for others. And the question really becomes, like, what kind of lives do we want to have? Do we want to feel? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, listening to your callers and, and your show, how it's all about get, being, having the ability to connect with ourselves, mm-hmm. with our situ, with our circumstances, with our lives, with other people. That doesn't happen by creating walls inside of ourselves that actually Mm. happens by removing all the walls
1: Mm -hmm. what is a good from what your path you know your experience and then helping others what is a good place to start I love what you say with the walls you know what is a good place to start for people especially that are in pain or confusion to me which is a type of pain but something is going on heartache heartbreak pain And perhaps they're having difficulty with it, yeah.
4: I think, honestly, that it depends on the degree of the wound, right? If somebody is in a place where they're having, you know, in the Sanskrit, and I talk about it in the book, there's like the lowercase dukkha or like the lowercase kind of like, ah, something isn't right. I'm not happy with my life. I have, you know, Mm -hmm. that that uneasiness as opposed Mm -hmm. to trauma. And I've worked with people all over that spectrum um, but from, where, from the sort of lineage that I come from and from the work that I do, I think that pretty much regardless, it's really important to have guidance. Um, and that's mm. another aspect of this work yeah. that I think is so beautiful, and I start my book off with a quote from Ram Das when he says, we're all here to walk each other home. Um, mm. I, I'm a big proponent yeah. of the community practice. And, you know, I go around the country teaching my Yoga for the Wounded Heart workshop, and I've done it in community centers and yoga, um, yoga schools, and in yoga, um, yoga schools I've done it at universities. And every single time it's that ability to, to, um, to be with each other that wakes something up, up inside us. So I do think that having some form of guidance, um, in at number one would be guidance and the guidance would be in number two which is cultivating some form of con- contemplative practice whether that's mm-hmm. yoga movement whether that's Tai Chi whether that's meditation um, I think one of the toughest parts for somebody who is brand new to this conversation is finding which tool best suits but once you yeah. find it once you find a practice that speaks to your heart or to your and or to your body, then it becomes easier because it actually becomes fun almost um, and explorative. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think that having a, a teacher that can a teacher or a guide that can really help in the establishment of a practice um, to me those things are pretty critical.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, Tatiana, we have a question in the chat from Tamara. How does this work or your work work with yoga? And your book is yeah, through yeah, through yoga, so okay, yoga that's a great wing. question.
4: Yeah. So one of the things <laughs> that I write about is that um well first of all, my in my entire book there isn't a single yoga pose. <laughs> so in, in some <laughs> so ways, that could sound misleading. <laughs> I'm sorry? Yeah. Not to me, because yoga is a
1: true yogini, yoga is it's so far encompassing right with that union or that oneness that coming together Absolutely. I call it yoga for the mind, right? So, yes, you right, can absolutely. jump into that as well. <laughs> so
4: yeah. the, the third chapter <laughs> of the book is entitled Yoga Isn't Yoga. And, and what I mean by that is <gasps> yoga isn't, <laughs> isn't you know, Lululemon butt-hugging pants. Yeah. It isn't downward-facing dog. You know, it isn't standing on your hands. That said, all those are tools that can help us lead to that experience. So it. it so yoga, as in the practice of asana or the practice of postures, how my work relates to that is I teach yoga, and I teach yoga as as a tool for awakening um, because I do think mm. that for some people the physical body is a gateway in. I don't think that that's true for every single person, just like we have some people okay. who are more auditory learners, others who are more kinesthetically minded, others who are more visual Right so but for some people myself included moving the physical body w- with awareness um and also I I do work with reading bodies so um using mm. sort of like a mapping theory to see well what's going on here how does this a lot of very sort sort of traditional chinese medicine work with the body how does it relate to consciousness the idea being mm. that our bodies are more than just bones and muscles that they're really a, a, ma- a map to our consciousness so that when we're closed off in a certain area um, that we can look at and we can, a- again, always come to that same inquiry, well, what's here? And mm-hmm. that moves us from the physical to then the emotional, spiritual, et cetera, to the, the more subtle layers. Um, all that being said, yoga, as you mentioned, Michelle, when, and the broader the broader sort of paradigm encompassing just that unity with consciousness can also be meditation, mindfulness exercises. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I heard you say this also a little while ago, and you said, like, even I work with people. Um, Yeah. It's so so important. That's the work. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: That really is the work.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. Because you... No matter how far up the ladder you go, you still can't – once you're up there, it's even worse to see what's in in between sometimes. You just –
4: Right, and you 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 can't see your whole self. We don't have eyes in the back of our heads. So we're always going to have blind spots, and that's why it's it's important to have guides, helpers, um, community.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I do feel like what you're saying with the community – As well, those people, however they're coming in your life, you know, whether it's close friends or an actual, you know, satsang or something where you're going, sangha, having that community. Um, But people that are similar that are also, you know, truthful about themselves and living with that, which I think there's that heart space of being honest, but that can give you that reflection and that support as well. I just think it's, I agree with you. I think it's so much easier. I don't know how people Make great change or heal without that. Personally, I it, don't think I could have.
4: Yeah, I think it's really hard to not to not have community. Mm-hmm. And we keep each other ideally in that sort of heart space community. We keep each other honest. We also encourage each other to practice because, you know, there's some days when you don't want to practice and it's just like, oh, I have to do this again. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but
3: yeah, Here we are again.
4: You, <laughs> that's that's the, that's the gem it's that it's that repetition and it's so interesting because when you actually look at healing from the physiological perspective and the neurobiological perspective it we w- one of the things that alter our um stress response which is what keeps us sort of locked into trauma um in the brain mm. uh, is the repetition of these mindful practices, and it's not that you do it once or twice, is that you keep coming back, and as a result, the stress response and your cerebral cortex gets activated, and you're able to have this really embodied um, connectivity, which leads way to greater insight.
3: Mm.
1: Love that. Now I don't again yeah, I feel like a lot of times what gets missed is that to embody something you have to go through it. You have to, there there's a process and what you're talking about is working with the body or anchoring it um within the body. It just can't stay as a mental concept or something that's we've intellectualized. You know, it's one of my teachers to say dropping down, dropping in, dropping mm-hmm. into it, you know. It's um Right. Right.
4: Now, and every time we do you, that, was you, go, go ahead. Every time, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that every time yeah. we do that, we come at it from a slightly different perspective because we're not exactly who we were yesterday. So mm-hmm. that's really mm-hmm. another gem of the path of the path of practice is that it's ever growing and ever deepening because our circumstances are constantly in flux. Mm-hmm.
1: And do you find for yourself or in with working with people that there's maybe main tools and then we add two, or do you feel it's keeping with a few tools or is it having a variety? What, what would your thought be on that and suggestion?
4: Oh, you know, I love this question so much because I don't think that there's a clear answer for it. <laughs> Because everybody Mm -hmm. is so different, you know. Um, And the Mm -hmm. only thing that I can say in regards to that is that I do think that there's something to be said for having one or two tools that you have practiced for, that you eventually master, that you've done for years. So I can speak Mm -hmm. to my own personal practice. I have one meditation practice that I've done the exact same thing every, every single day for the last, I don't know, maybe like 10 years. Um, And Mm -hmm. it never, ever changes. And then I also allow myself to have some time to experiment and try new modalities and try new things and see how how those fit, knowing that everything works until it doesn't work. And so I really like to play with that, with sort of holding the Mm -hmm. polarities um, of one thing is great and different tools Mm -hmm. are also great because that's really what Mm -hmm. this – Realities—it's a—it's a, it's a both-and reality rather than a. Yeah. it's not this.
1: Yeah, or either, or yeah. I kind of very similar. I have a couple things that are go-to, and, and certain meditations are one, and then there's certain other modalities or different practitioners I've, you know, will use or try to see. Um, but there is something kind of confirming because if you've been doing something a long time, I, I don't know, it puts you in that place. But it also you can't really fool yourself because you know, you know, it's like an old friend, you know. <laughs> it's, it's
4: right. Somehow, <laughs> how,
1: right. I don't
3: know how to explain
1: right. that. Right. No, I think that's there. such a
4: beautiful way of talking about it because I, I do think that our practices become our our friends, and that's that mm-hmm. developing. Our, I mean I think that that's not only developing a relationship with ourselves but that's like also re- developing our relationship with life and how we how you know we come to see how we make meaning and how we shift our making of meaning and it's it can be real- it can be so playful and um mm. you know and sweet and, and right. it can yeah. also be um very healing and it can be legitimately difficult
1: mhm. But when you have that practice, you stick to it. You you follow through, right? Which I think Mm -hmm. is so amazing and meaningful. You you just you trust it. You trust it.
4: Right. And you know the Greeks have the Greeks had different words for love, and one of their concepts of love was love that is developed over years and years and years of commitment. That's a different type of love than, than say, love for mm-hmm. a friend, love for one's child, love for the beloved, um, or mm-hmm. even love that, um, that's sort of like if you fall in love, right? Um, and it's it can be that way also with our practices, that there is something that a well-sustained practice over a number of years can give us that a practice that's very brand new or sort of dipping our toe in or trying different things they're going to have different things to say um and they're both mm-hmm. valuable mm-hmm. now Tatiana how I, I, I I've into your book but I want to get a little
1: bit of your background perhaps your first awakening or what got you on the path and then also to write this book which I feel is so poignant you know yoga for the wounded heart I, I just feel like it's so much of what's Happening with so many right now. There's so much emphasis on the on the heart, getting to the heart of the matter, following the heart. But that does bump us up, up into the wounds, You know, it's, it, it comes to You know, it all comes together.
4: Um, yeah. Well, so the, a little bit of my story is that I, by the time I was 14 years old, I would lost both of my parents, um, and I mm. came. I came to the United States. I became an orphan after um, my father died in a car accident and then my mother a few years later was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. My sister and I had to take care of her um, at 12 and 13 years old. And then when I was 14, she passed. Then my sister and I lived in a number of different homes where there was some substantial amount of abuse. Um, Coming out of that... I was always a very studious, kind of academically bright uh, person. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, just went to college. I graduated from Stanford. And then I went on to do my graduate degree in comparative philosophy of religion, actually, at NYU. And while I was there, you know, throughout this entire time, two things were happening simultaneously. One was that I thought, you know, all of these things are in my past. I'm going to get as far away from California as I can and just pretend that none of that happened. Um, So so I'm not going to look back. Um, And at the same time, I had this self-concept of a very wounded person, which I was at that point in my life. I was very heavily medicated. I was um, clinically depressed. I struggled with uh, an eating disorder. And then eventually I decided to take my mm. own life. So mm. it was after that suicide attempt, I was hospitalized at Bellevue Psychiatric for some time. And uh, when they finally set, thought, they finally said, okay, you're, you're no, no longer a harm to yourself. And uh, when they released me, I had to go through a number of um, EKGs and heart exams because I, was also, all, I also had chronic um, palpitations. So it was during that EKG that I was with a medical doctor, um, the cardiologist and she says to me, you know, how is that, you know, how is your life? And I was like, This is not working and she said, Well, mm-hmm. if you feel like you're ready to try something new, have you ever practiced yoga? And at that point I'd wow. actually done yoga. I right? Yes. Um, I'd actually done yoga for about three years, and I, I started when I was in college at Stanford. Um, but I did yoga. I didn't practice yoga. So she mm-hmm. said to me, look, it's not about doing it once or twice here and there. Do it every single day for one month and see what happens.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And I was really mm-hmm. at a place where, where, that you know, I was ready for anything. Um, and so I came out of the hospital, and I met my first teacher, who incidentally said to me, "You can come and study with me, um, and be here, and this can be essentially your home, so long as you come every single day for a year." And he like, said, "You know, the moment you <laughs> you don't come a day, the deal's uh, off." So I why? I stuck I stuck by it, and I became one of his most loyal students, and that year changed mm. my life, and it was. It wasn't so much a sort of sudden awakening um, as it was mm-hmm. a very gradual one
1: mm-hmm.
4: in the sense that it Beautiful. took those, those years. But at the same time, the, the amount of growth and realization and, I, you know, I recognize that every person has a different health history and situations. But I can only speak from my experience that within a year I was completely all off of all of my medications. I went, I was no longer clinically depressed. I um, essentially started healing from my eating disorder. I mean, it really saved my life. Um, and I don't know that I would be here had I not committed um, to that practice and and gotten access to this incredible healing. And so the last, you know, 15 or so years have been, about my devotion to this practice, and and now I'm in a place and have been in a place in the last few years where it's been about helping others access that because I know firsthand the value and the power of it.
3: Mm.
1: Wow, it's beautiful. And it sounds like you somehow just knew, you followed your intuition also that this is, I'm being helped here, this is the direction, you know?
4: Yeah, absolutely. There's There's a
1: hand, yeah.
4: And I think that part of it was a willingness to ask for help. That being mm-hmm. being at rock bottom and saying, "I need somebody's help." Um, that mm-hmm. that was really the first step in the right direction for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Powerful. Well, one of my teachers used to always say, "Even the mystical, the transcendent, the synchronicities." He was always, that, "But you you have to ask for that. You have to pray. You have to ask, and then it comes." It seems like it's magic, but you've been asking for it. You know, you've been
4: putting right. it out if there. If we're so not to speak. willing, then it can't. It can't arrive quite in the same way because we won't be. We won't be fully there to meet it.
3: Mm. Oh, I love like
1: that. Yeah. I guess there is this meeting. This by what you're sharing, this meeting of our experience or what we need. We have to you know what is that meeting universe halfway we have to step out we have to open the door we have to go out we have to um, put it out there but meet it be open
4: Mm -hmm. right right and the last part of my book is devoted so the book has three parts the first tells (laughs) my story and is more of an introduction to the theoretical principles of yoga and the second is about practice and then the third part of the book is actual practices and the practices go um, from the more substantial to the more subtle, um, but one of the practices is, is surrender and asking for greater mind, it's like asking for help, realizing that we have just this sliver of understanding and that it's when we ask for help, when we open ourselves up, that we can start to see and we're, we can start to be really given insight um, either mm-hmm. give in however you want to conceive of it um, or we find it within ourselves, an ability to see things we really didn't know were there before. But I do think that that's an internal process that happens when we, um, when we surrender to the process and when we ask for help.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And share a bit, if you would, about that surrendering to the process, because I do feel that is such a part of the awakening. It's, it's so internal but you, what you're saying, I feel, is is a key component of it. Is that surrendering to the process?
4: Yeah, I think that's that. It's like you said, it's such an internal quality that, in many ways, is difficult to describe. And it's it's actually at the at the very end of the of the book and at the very end of the practices because it's the most it's the most elusive one in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. But in general, the surrendering has to do with recognizing our tendency to cling to things and being able Mm -hmm. to notice it and have awareness around it and then being able to release it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But we can't release it unless we know that we're doing it. So we start Mm -hmm. with really simple things like observation, like doing journal notes, like when, when you notice this thing in your body, and for some people who are very kinesthetic, they'll feel like a tightening in the chest or something, uh, or in their stomach. Mm-hmm. For other people that are more mental, they'll feel like, I feel like I'm hitting my head against the brick wall. You know, it, it, it feels different for different people, depending on how they tend to experience the world.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: But it's that feeling of coming up against something and it not
3: mm-hmm. being
4: easy or easeful. And then we notice our reactions around it, and then we work with those. Well, what does it feel like to feel like we're caught? Well, where is that caughtness showing up? And when we start to Mm. ask, ask those questions, we're effectively allowing those sensations to abide. And the idea is that everything that exists, even on the sort of ethereal plane, wants to be seen. So if we can say, all right, tightness in my throat, I see you. And we breathe. And we're there with it. That eventually oh, what it. we come to is a space where that releases. And we then we start to become really attuned to when it happens. And then it becomes almost automatic, like, oh, there it is, that's happening. Okay, can mm-hmm. I just let it be? And and that and in a
1: sense you're saying it's another communication. I know in like absolutely. psychosynthesis, like body parts process. So you're saying that this part it might be manifesting through the body as tightness, kinesthetically. But if I'm hearing you right, you're saying that that part wants to be seen or healed or acknowledged, and that right. part of the process is okay.
4: Yeah, that's that's the thesis, right? That being that if we acknowledge whatever is here, that it will it will it will say something, as opposed to I feel tightness and I don't even acknowledge that I'm feeling it or I feel it and yeah. I just keep going regardless, you know, keep pushing through. Right. It's a different quality. That's than so it powerful, is. yeah. And so now, it can be really um, simple.
1: Right. Now, so that, when we say surrender to the process, would that be part of the process, I guess? That's what I'm wanting. Is that kind of feeling or go, whatever we're going through, being with it, maybe asking those questions, is that what we're surrendering to?
4: Yes, I think the surrender, so the way that it's spoken about in the yogic text that I think is really apt is that surrender, like the, 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 the more subtle qualities are things that happen rather than things that we make happen. So it's almost mm. like meditation is really concentration, and when the mind is at this mm-hmm sort of teeter-tottering and eventually comes to this space where there's no ego, then meditation arises or we've arrived there, even though we don't necessarily recognize that that's what's happening until afterwards, like, wow, I don't even know where I was. So I think surrender um, and and yoga in general are like this. It's not like I'm going to surrender right now as much as it is I'm going to create the circumstances by which this experience of, okay, now I can let go, because it's much easier mm-hmm. to to sort of allow ourselves to be in that space when we've said, I've got this wall, this wall, and this wall. Okay, I see you. and And then we can work on it sort of systematically. Mm-hmm. All that said, I think this is just one path, one way of doing it. And um, I'm a very intellectual, you know, coming from the academy, <laughs> a very, very mm-hmm. sort of type A person. And this way is was the way in for me. And everybody has a different, mm-hmm. a, a different way in. And for me, it's about sharing all the different tools, sharing the theoretical paradigms that allow people to think about their lives and, and their experiences, their pain, their healing in a new way. Um, because I do think that conceptualizing our lives in a different way gives us, um, like that in itself is a tool, and then the actual physical practices as well. It, it all works mm-hmm. together.
1: Works together.
4: And it seems to be, it,
1: when I'm listening to you, it's going back to that whole idea of working with what is or what's there, whatever that is within our particular our, the container of us. Our life, you know?
4: Right. Because if you, again, if you look at it theoretically, there is no, there's really nothing else other than whatever is here now. Our doorway, mm. like if we are hurting about something, that thing already happened. So what we're right. actually dealing with is how we relate to it right now.
1: Mm. And so, it's actually how we relate.
4: Yeah, it's actually yeah, how relate we relate to it right with. now. Mm-hmm. So the doorway to anything is present because that's where the current reaction to it is. And so that's mm-hmm. why it, 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 that's really the mantra or that's really the heart of it is working with whatever is arising right now.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
4: you know, my teacher has this saying that I love so much, and she says um, we wouldn't grieve, we wouldn't hurt unless we loved. Mm, the only yeah. reason we feel pain is because we love something. And if we are able to have the tools that allow us to be with that pain little by little by little, it, when we chip away at it, when we work with it, then what we find is that eventually what the landing, the landing spot is actually love.
1: Yeah. The love remains. I found that so interesting, no matter what, even in some of the most abusive relationships that I've helped people through in my practice, when they dial it down, that whatever, it might be a small amount, the love still remains, you know, at the end mm-hmm. of it all, there is that um, kind of undefinable love. And do you feel, Tatiana, in, in essence, with this process and this healing part, is it in a sense recognizing that or getting back to that with ourselves?
4: Well, I think one of the ways that I speak about it is almost more globally, um, or, again, mm-hmm. going back to the community. And and my mm-hmm. sort of call to action is, look, the things that I went through and the things that I saw, first of all, no child should have to go through. But secondly, that only right. happened because these people and and people who it's do so these wonderful. sorts of things are are unhealed. You know, these yes, people are also absolutely. victims of their own wounding. So really, the thing that happens also is that when we don't do our work, what's at stake is that we tend to take it out on the people that we love most and, and on mm-hmm. innocent people. And so to me, it's very much a call to action that that it's about what kind of world do we want to live in, and do we really want our wounds to be passed down to our children or the next generation yeah. or to or to our beloved so i think that that's the 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 work is not only for ourselves and definitely there's that aspect of connecting and um with a greater with having a greater experience in our own lives but I do think that we being in the world is an important thing and how we are with one another, especially at a time like, like now um, where there's so much um, disarray, emotional disarray, that it's really mm-hmm. about how we relate to one another is going to really change and how we, re- how we relate to the planet, how we relate to all of it that's also external. So it's the way that I sort of envision it in my mind is kind of almost as, the internal and the external have this almost like a figure eight um, relationship, symbiosis. And as we mm. heal one, we heal the other. And it's that's that's the infinity. For as long as we are in this in this we're playing this particular chess game, <laughs> you know, of the physical mm-hmm. embodiment.
1: So well put.
4: Oh, Tatiana, we're
1: winding out of time now. Um, where how can people reach you?
4: Yeah, I am very reachable <laughs> through my website okay. uh, yoga dot com.
1: Okay, perfect. And of course, your book is Yoga for the Wounded Heart: A Journey, Philosophy, and Practice. Right.
0: Of Available healing where emotional books
1: are sold. Pain. <laughs> and healing emotional pain. Okay and healing emotional pain. All right, Tatiana, thank you so much. I've just thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I've gotten so much, myself, insights, and I know our listeners have as well. So thank you so much for taking time to be on the program.
4: Michelle, thank you so much. It's such an honor.
1: Thank you. Take good care. Until next time. All right, everyone. So that was Tatiana Poirot-Puerca and uh, her book, that we were diving uh, into um, amazing, amazing book is yoga for the wounded heart, a journey philosophy and practice of healing, emotional pain, Uh, lantern books. You can find it, Amazon. And of course her uh, website is yoga for the wounded heart.com. Oh, everyone. Thanks so much for being here. As always, it's great to connect with all of you and with such insight, thank you those that called in as well. And those of you that are in the chat, some great Questions and insights in the chat as well. And, of course, those of you, the majority that listen to Awakenings are by the archives or the various podcast platforms. So you're with us, maybe not in real time, but in time you are with us. So appreciate all of you um, as well. And uh, finally, connect further on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, I, like I had said earlier, if you're just getting listening to the show now, I did upload some new videos uh, on my YouTube channel and uh, feel free to comment. Let me know how you're doing. Share. And you can share in the awakenings group page, community page. We've had some really great posts of just some deeper work that people have been doing, people connecting more to their creativity. It's been very inspirational um, to read uh, what many of you have been posting. I'm, ever inspired by all of you. And of course, as always, continue to shine your light, share your insight,
0: and of course, keep awake. Awakenings broadcasts every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows are available on iTunes. For continued Awakening conversation and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook and visit Michelle's blog at for com. That's soul Insights, the number four, com. Keep awake.